Derek, I'm drinking a summer shandy because yesterday it sleeted here. <laughs> and depression set in. <laughs> I ordered summer the... on the beach, sipping something strong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lime cool summer shandy going down smooth. And it is March 16th. Well, probably March 17th or March 18th by the time we get it out. Yeah, I ordered it and was pretty excited about it because it's pretty early for it to be in stores. And then I actually got more excited when it started sleeting because that meant that I could leave it on my outdoor refrigerator. Better better known as your porch. (laughs) Yes, in the Midwest, that is known as your porch. <laughs> well, nice and cold uh, up there. you know, I used to be in the beer business, and, and I hate to tell you, but that's actually probably been sitting there since last March. Because uh, Miller can't get rid of it quick enough. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I, I am wrong. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I think they do it year round now, but always, always will take the opportunity to get a jab in there. I know you will. Yeah. Well, Clark, we have a uh, a full show on tap tonight, so what do you say we get rolling here? Yep, throw that green flag. Starting with a bit of news from last week at Phoenix, and I know you're going to love this one here. Uh, NASCAR officially announces the suspension of uh, Keselowski, Brad Keselowski, crew chief, Jeremy Bullens, and Daniel Suarez, crew chief, Travis Mack, for uh, one one race for having two loose or missing lug nuts. How about that? So we talked a, a couple weeks ago about how one one lug nut's going to get you at least a fine, and uh, and two lug nuts, you're you're going to be sitting home for the weekend. Yeah, and honestly, I I I like that suspension for instead of a fine for one lug nut like if we're if we're gonna have a penalty for one lug nut i would rather have a suspension than a money grab well they they did fine them too (laughs) i I know but that's what i'm that's what i'm saying is like so you'd you'd rather have them uh suspended than uh than than a fine yeah i'd rather it just be okay uh your crew chief is not here for x amount of races because you're not following the rules. Uh, I feel like that's an actual penalty and it allows teams to not lose the money that they work for um, and continue to put a good product on the track. All right. Next bit of news, uh, Bill Lester, 60 years old, returning to the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series this weekend. Uh, Bill was, uh, it is, just one of a handful of black drivers to ever uh, compete full-time in NASCAR. And uh, he's going to get a shot again this weekend uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, Bill actually made his historic Cup Series start at Atlanta for the first time back in 2006. And, uh, hey, good for him. Good for him getting back in the seat here. Um, Bill never really had many results when he was in the Truck Series. But um, he, he was a household name there in the, in the mid-2000s. So uh, we'll see what he can do this weekend. The 
Next story uh, pertains to the trucks a little bit as well. As we head into Bristol, uh, let's see, that is next weekend. And, of course, we're looking at the Bristol Dirt Race next weekend. Clark, you ready for that? You uh, run any laps on iRacing on, on Bristol Dirt yet? I have not, but it looks like a ton of fun. It, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And the, I, I don't think I've ever driven a dirt track like it. Um, it's like high horsepower, like full throttle the entire time. And, and I was like sideways on the straightaways. <laughs> you're, you're, you have so much horsepower. The car is just jumping sideways on you. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how this race goes. Um, there's a lot of talk about the race in real life being a, um, being a big question mark. Uh, it's going to be a 250 lap dirt race. And that's, uh, there's a lot of talk about how long that is. Um, because, because a dirt track can change so much over the course of a, um, course of a race. Um, most dirt races are only, you know, tops, maybe a hundred laps. Um, I think that's what the truck race was at Eldora when we went, but, um, yeah, 250 laps, and they have a bunch of preliminary events uh, leading up to it. Um, starting, actually, I think tonight they had some stuff going on out there. Uh, not NASCAR-related, but uh, more localized racing series. Um, so, hell, we might be down to the pavement by the time we get done with that race. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> I was going to say, to hell with the question mark on the race. Give the fans what they want. This is the best season ever. Let's go race in the dirt at. <laughs> Bristol. Yeah, so so the story uh, story behind the trucks there, uh, Martin Truex Jr. making his first truck series start uh, since 2006. How about that uh, in the Bristol dirt race? I like it. Yeah, um, and, and Martin Truex Jr., should he qualify for the race, uh, that is only going to be his third NASCAR truck series start ever. That's pretty amazing. Um, and, and also along with Martin Truex, we're going to see Kevin Harvick running the Bristol dirt race as well, uh, for the David Gilliland racing number 17 truck. Um, man, it's been probably seven, eight years since Kevin Harvick has run a truck race, I think. And, uh, with that announcement, it was also announced that he's going to be racing some Xfinity races this year. Um, going to be running the, uh, circuit of the Americas in Texas. Uh, Road America and Indianapolis Road Course, um, and and the reason he's running all those is uh, those are all new venues for the NASCAR Cup Series uh, this year. So he uh, he's he's gonna get a little practice uh, the day before, jump into the Cup race, and and that can never hurt. So uh, so yeah, got some big names running uh, running some of these lower series races here in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to ask if that was the reason why, if they were just uh, trying to get some practice in for the cup races. So Yeah, absolutely. And and as I mentioned, with like the Bristol dirt race, there's so many unknowns around that race that it, obviously you have these guys that are that don't typically run the NASCAR truck series or um, or, or maybe even like a, a late model um, jumping in these cars just to get some experience, get get some track time. Uh, the Bristol race will have some practice, uh, which sets it apart from a lot of the cup races this year, but there's still going to be so many unknowns that uh, a lot of these guys felt it was beneficial to, to jump into this race, um, which leads me to my next point that Chase Elliott is actually going to be running a dirt late model uh, for the Bristol dirt race as well. I think that's sometime uh, in the middle of next week, they're going to be doing some, like I said, some preliminary events. So, uh, so Chase, take him to the dirt. How about that? 
That's great. Um, hope he has a bad night since he's your favorite driver. <laughs> Where, where's Maddie D in this race? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, for Maddie D's sake, I, I'm not sure he can fit his arms in the car, though. Yeah, those late models are uh, interesting. <laughs> that dude's jacked. Uh, Sonoma Raceway. Uh, their race was canceled last year due to COVID, of course. Sonoma is in Sonoma, California. Uh, it does sound like they are going to be back at Sonoma this year uh, at the beginning of June. Obviously, we've seen some states rolling back some uh, guidelines with COVID. And uh, right now, uh, the, the tier that California is in and, and the restrictions by the government uh, say that it sounds like they may actually be able to have some fans back in attendance. So that'd be pretty amazing to go from not having a race at all um, to, to having some fans this year. A uh, little bit of news that came out uh, late last week. Uh, we talked about the truck series at uh, Bristol. And Clark, do you know who Stuart Friesen is? The last name Friesen sounds very familiar, but I don't know who Stuart Friesen is. Well, that's only because we've been freezing cold all this winter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> for, being, for being pretty tired, that, that was pretty good, wasn't it? The dad jokes just never stop with this guy. Fully loaded. Uh, Stuart Friesen, uh, driver of the number 52 uh, Helmar Friesen Racing uh, Toyota. Uh, they announced that Stuart will be joined by his wife uh, for the Bristol Dirt Race in the number 62 uh, Camp and Road Truck Series Tundra. Tundra, excuse me. Uh Jessica has some racing experience, uh, but this will be her first uh, chance to jump in a NASCAR truck if she can qualify for the race. Um, this will mark the second time that a husband and wife have been in the same race, but it will mark the first time that husband and wife have competed for the same team in the same race. Um, I personally am hoping she, can, hoping she can make it. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. <laughs> but... Better not wreck each other. That becomes awkward when you get home. Oh, man. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> that That would be the ultimate doghouse, wrecking one of those, uh, wrecking one of those trucks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of dogs, uh, NASCAR announced today that they will utilize uh, – German Shepherd canine units to detect COVID uh, this week at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, those dogs out there are going to be sniffing out COVID. Um, it's been said that they are able to detect uh, or indicate if a person may have COVID um, just by smelling them, <laughs> from my understanding. Uh, this just came out, uh, but the group is called 360 Canine Group. And um, it has been utilized by the federal government uh, with, with sports teams and cruise lines, hospitals, and other larger venues. Um, and they, they've, worked, um, they've worked with the USDA since 2013 to detect viruses in plants, um, which has a, apparently been a successful operation. So um, they have been trained to, uh, to somehow detect COVID-19. And and they will be using these dogs at the uh, at the racetrack this weekend. What's your thoughts? You know on how that? 
you know how mad I am if I buy tickets and I show up and dog smells me and they say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that could, that could just be the, uh, the, the bacon we had out in the parking lot too. <laughs> exactly. The thing we, we could just... have been tailgating and, and the dog's just hungry. I mean, the guy just wants one of our brats that we've got out there. And <laughs> next thing you know, they're telling me to get out of the race and go quarantine. <laughs> The dog smells COVID. No, sir. He just smells tailgating, actually. <laughs> In all honesty, that's pretty freaking cool if they can if they can do that with, you know, very, very accurate results. Again, if I were a fan that were, if you don't end up having COVID and they sniff you out and kick you out of the race, it's like, I don't know about that, but if they can do it with accuracy, that's very cool. Yeah. So the the second part of that is if a dog indicates a person may have COVID, uh, that individual will be isolated and will undergo extensive secondary screening by NASCAR um, and their safety team. Um, And then based on that secondary screening, uh, the NASCAR safety team or the leading physician on site will determine if the individual is cleared to participate or should be denied access based on medical concerns. What a wild um, so, world we live in. What's that? What a wild world we live in. It sure days. is. It sure is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so luckily the, uh, the, the sniffer won't be the ultimate um, determination if you're, uh, if you're going to compete this weekend, but um, <laughs> those, those good boys out there are going to be, uh, gonna be keeping <laughs> people safe. <laughs> you, he's a good boy. Get that COVID. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's that's the advantage of having dogs, not cats. <laughs> Think about that next time you want to pet. Oh, as man. you as you pushed your cats into the garage so we could record tonight. Yep, and shivering. Made sure their food. Okay, no, no animals were harmed during the recording of this podcast. They are just in the other room of the house where it's 72 degrees. And I made sure that it, well, you made sure by showing up late to the podcast that their food dispenser already went off. So we don't have to deal with that again. (laughs) Good. Well, that's good. I don't, I want to have to be interrupted again. Like we were last weekend. (laughs) The last bit of news just coming down a couple hours ago. Uh, LeBron James to become part owner of uh, Fenway Sports Group, uh, which is uh, part ownership of the Boston Red Sox. And then also with with NASCAR, it affects Roush Fenway Racing. So, uh, and then Clark, do you know who Maverick Carter is? I meant to do a little research before I jumped on here, but do you know who Maverick Carter is? I actually don't. Okay. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to look back and, and see who Maverick is there. I don't know if he's another NBA player, but, um, man, pretty big name coming into the sport there. Um, so, uh, now we have, now we have the matchup of, of MJ and LeBron right here in NASCAR. That's, that's a matchup I didn't see coming this year. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Everybody's arguing over who's the GOAT basketball player. And in 30 years, we're going to be figuring out who the GOAT owner of, a NASCAR team is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Clark, that is all I have for news tonight. Um, we will move on from here. Uh, we, we do want to keep this show uh, within the boundaries that we're, we're, uh, we're looking at here. 
And and after I I got some feedback that that nobody wants to hear your lips flapping after two hours. So um, so we will we will keep this uh, short and sweet tonight. Yeah. Uh oh, is that a beer right there? Yep, that was uh, another summer shandy opening. Oh, and summer shandy lip- cans, huh? Yeah, my lips staying peeled. Wow. Too. All right. All right. Zipped right up over here. Nobody wants to hear my lips flapping after 20 minutes. So let's let's get this show on the road. <laughs> they're they're not dry and crusty. They are covered with summer shandy. <laughs> All right, let's head to our favorite segment: in the groove or in the marbles. Vroom, 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 vroom. Time to get vroom. intense. Vroom, 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 vroom. That's perfect. I'll be sure to use that. <laughs> All right, first topic of the night. Team Penske wins both stages, but can't get the checkered flag at the end. In the groove or in the marbles? Uh, um, in the... Uh, we're like going to say... To, would you like me to restart that? No, we're good. Uh, In the marbles. In the marbles, huh? Actually, you know what? I'm going to go in the groove just because I hate Joey Logano. And uh, Joey Logano is part of Team Penske. Ooh, not a a Logano fan, huh? No. Usually anything that my brother likes, I'm kind of like, against and my brother's favorite driver is Joey Logano now that uh, Jeff Gordon's out of the sport and I mean before my brother even became a fan of Joey Logano I just didn't like him I just I don't know he's not a huge fan Um, you know I what I what I do have to say about and I'm not sure what led your brother to pick Joey Logano but it could have been the matching receding hairline if I had to guess I it looks quite similar, so that could be it, and just you know the matching like dweeb personality too, you know. <laughs> Mark, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. We really appreciate our loyal <laughs> listeners uh, week to week. <laughs> and I yeah, will be watching the analytics this week to see uh, how many how many listens we get. <laughs> I'm guessing one less than the week before. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan. I I actually somewhat am a fan of Brad Keselowski, but um, not a huge fan of Joey Logano. And just so I'm going to keep it short on this one, man. I uh, I don't so, really so that, like that it. was in the groove. Is that right? Yeah, and I don't. I don't really. I'm just going to finalize it here. It's in the groove. I don't like it when I'm not a huge Ford fan. And I'm not a huge Joey Logano fan, so uh, in in the groove. All right, I'm going to go in the groove too. Um, I thought about this one for a minute, and hey, for for Team Penske, sorry, um, in the marbles. But uh, for for us fans and and the sport in general, hell yeah, I'm in the groove. Uh, I, I don't want I don't want one car or, or one team dominating a race and 
hey, you got to be able to finish the deal, right? I mean, you, you led all those laps and you won both stages, but in the end, Martin Truex Jr., hey, he got you at the end there. So, <laughs> sorry, um, but I, I thought I, I think when you can have when you can have that type of uh, type of race, you 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 have a more competitive environment. And of course, we had the uh, low downforce, higher horsepower package this weekend. And hey, that's that's my favorite package, hundred percent. And I thought the racing was great. And I also thought, um, you know, like I said, with with Martin coming back and, and getting that win, we saw a lot of passing, saw a lot of uh, competition. So, um, unfortunately for, for Penske, they couldn't close the deal. But fortunately for us, we had a great race. Yeah, can't complain there. The next topic. Josh Berry in the number eight junior motorsports Chevrolet gives the double bird to Santino Ferrucci after getting wrecked in the Xfinity race in the Groover and the marbles. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's in the groove, man. But any of the, any of these things where I can get some entertainment value, uh, out of people getting mad and, and things like that, I'm I'm all for. I think it brings the casual fan in. There's a lot of people out there that just like to see some drama. A lot of humans that just big fans of people getting mad at each other. And uh, whenever you can bring that to a television show that doesn't always draw a huge audience, and then you put that on like Sports Center, I feel like it it draws a lot of humans into it. So I'm cool with that. Okay. In the group. I I thought it was hysterical and, and I'm with you that it when you can have that kind of drama and you can have that added um emotion into a race. Uh Josh Berry's not a very well known driver and, and based on your response, I'm guessing you don't know who Josh Berry or San Santino Ferrucci is. Uh, yeah, you're correct in saying that and for a second uh for for like, a second you thought I was ordering Italian for dinner? basically and for a second i was like the double bird is this some sort of like nascar term and then i was like oh okay he just freaking <laughs> flipped him the two birds uh, Cor- correct you're you're number one times two that's what i originally thought and then i was like wait a second i don't want to sound like an idiot if this is just like a nascar term and i was like there's no way this is a nascar term <laughs> he, he spins him off turn two giving him the double bird <laughs> uh speaking of speaking of birds and nascar i don't know if you've ever seen one of those videos of uh of a race car hitting one of those birds but that's that's a pretty wild scene uh that i I haven't seen that but i've seen a baseball hit a bird yeah randy johnson right yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so uh yeah i'm i'm in the groove uh josh berry um he he had a he had a start to the NASCAR uh, Xfinity series probably, oh, six, seven years ago. Um, he was he was kind of an up and comer and and has raced with Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s, um, I think it's his late model team, and just was never really able to get any traction. And and of course he he didn't have the sponsorship, lost his ride, um, and now now he's back this year um, on a limited time basis, uh, sharing the ride with Sam Mayer. Uh, Sam is an eight is not 18 yet. So 
uh, Josh is running the races that Sam can't. And uh, unfortunately, Josh has not had the luck um, that's needed this year. Uh, so he was, uh, he's had a couple good runs and had the speed, but unfortunately he's just had some bad situations. And, uh, and from, from what I saw, uh, Santino ran him up the track. Um, I think it was coming out of turn two and, uh, unfortunately, uh, cut Josh's left rear tire and, uh, and put Josh in the wall. Um, so we'll, we'll be sure to post a picture of, of the, uh, the double bird salute on the, uh, on the socials here, but. Uh, definitely in the groove for uh, for a little emotion, a little drama as we uh, as we go into uh, into next weekend. So now uh, now we got some fun topics here, Clark. You uh, it's it's not pertaining to last week's race, but uh, the first topic is uh, NASCAR once again uh, looking into changing the door number placement as we head into twenty twenty two and beyond. Uh, Clark, do you remember the all-star race when they moved the numbers back last year? I don't remember that, okay. but so for, for our listeners and, and Clark with a short-term memory loss out there, um, what, what they did is, uh, the, the car number is centered on the door for NASCAR, uh, primarily always has been in the sport. Um, but they are looking to move it, uh, to the, uh, move it back on the car. So um, it's, it's going to be closer to the, the rear wheels. Um, and then a sponsor will occupy uh, the front quarter panels and the space up in front of the number. Uh, so Clark, with that being known in the groove or in the marbles? Um, in and, the and, I, and I'm looking, I'm looking at this for like a, a total opinion of like, someone that obviously you didn't you didn't really know or you haven't seen it so uh i guess yeah what's your opinion on that i'm in the marbles on it um the sponsors are the people who make the sport happen i mean the sponsors and fans are basically the the two driving factors that make the sport happen and they're the money behind the sport and so giving them the space I don't need now the iconic cars and the looks and things like that. They're great, but I don't care where the number is, honestly. Um, usually as a fan, I assume there's still going to be a big number on the roof of the car that you can see from the stands or from the air um, on the broadcast. And usually from a fan's perspective, you just, you know, your, your driver's car um, without really seeing the number. A lot of times when you're in the stands, they're going too fast for you to see the number anyways, at least for me. And so I pick out my driver's car based on the colors and the sponsorship that is on the car. So I'm completely okay with it, giving the sponsor who makes the sport happen, essentially, give them, uh, give them more room on the car or allow for another sponsor to come in on the car, uh, give that team more money and put a better, uh, put a better product on the track as far as, uh, the machinery or equipment is concerned. Maybe, maybe that sponsor doesn't have the right driver in the car, but at least you've got as far as product on the track is concerned, but at least you've got 
the money to kind of field a team on a regular basis. And for those teams that already have money, uh, just gives them an opportunity to maybe add another sponsor or uh, give more of a look on their car uh, to the sponsors that have been so loyal to them. So, so to be clear, you were, I think in the groove on that then that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In- okay. I, th- I think you may, might've said in the marbles, but, but judging by your answer, I knew what you meant. I'm just, I'm three line and Google's deep. So it, it is what it is. <laughs> three lineies deep. Just figure out what side I'm on. <laughs> oh, great. Great. I, I can't keep straight. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, I go back and forth on this and I, I, I've ultimately decided that I guess my feelings on it are, I think it depends on the car and I think it depends on the paint scheme and, and how the, how the sponsor and the team work it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean that brings up a good point. Like, like Why it not? It can't look tacky, you know. Well, I, I say, why not let the team decide? If that team wants to pack another sponsor on there, and you want to move that number back to the door or further back on the door, go ahead. Uh, so, so you're saying either in the middle, or or maybe they could even slide it forward, or they, they give slide them- it back, right? give them three different positions uh-huh. where they can put those numbers and then just say, you know, if you put it on the, on the rear quarter panel or wherever you're allowed to put it back further on the door, you can have one more sponsor on here. Uh, if you don't fill that sponsor and you want to throw it on the door, go ahead. Uh, or if you just don't care about having that extra sponsor, that's fine too. Just put it on the door. Um, but just give them a couple different options of where they can put it. And maybe every car doesn't look the same. I don't know what that would feel like, or if that would, you know, if we were watching a race, maybe I would change my mind on that. If, if it just felt weird, if all the cars looked different, um, because we're so used to all the cars looking the same as far as where the number is, where the sponsors are and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't hey. I don't exactly know how I'd feel about that. I mean, I, I think I like the idea of giving the teams the option of where to put it. But I also don't know how I'd feel if I look up at the screen and you have, you know, numbers scattered everywhere with how, how the team wants to lay it out. I my my thoughts tell me I don't want to like that because it, it look I don't know. I feel like my OCD would would kick in and I wouldn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess I want to, while we're on this topic, I kind of want to compare this to another sport, and it doesn't necessarily relate to what we're what we were just talking about with like give the teams the option. Um, but I feel like in any sport, whenever there's any change change whatsoever, there's going to be a lot of pushback. So like, I feel like if they do if they do change. Uh, where the number is located, there's going to be a lot of pushback from fans. But oh, yeah, there there always is. <laughs> but what we or there there like, already is, I guess I should say. Yeah, and what we saw, like in the NBA, like I don't I don't know if you even know this, but the NBA started sponsoring their jerseys, um, and so each team has like one sponsor that they put on their jerseys. Taking taking a page out of the NASCAR book. 
Yeah, and so they they basically are there was change and there was a lot of fans that were like sellouts, blah blah blah, you know, like the, you guys don't make enough money um as it is and you know, I'm all for if a company wants to put their money in a sport and help grow that sport and then get something in return for it. I'm for it. So that's why I'm kind of on the there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to say, uh, no, this is really dumb. The, the car's always been this way. Don't change it. You know, and I'm not for that. Um, the only time that things shouldn't be accepting of change is when it's a very, very, very traditional thing. And some people probably feel like NASCAR is that way. But for example, like Notre Dame, uh, it's a, it's a very, very traditional college and you just don't change things. Like you see a lot of other teams in college football and college basketball that are wearing these uh, standout jerseys, uh, you know, the Oregons of the world that just there. I think there's a stat that if you play at Oregon for football, you never wear the same jersey once, same jersey combo once while you're at Oregon. So in four or five years that you're there, you've never worn the same jersey once or same jersey combo once. And so going back to Notre Dame, like it's, you know, the standard stuff, you know, you're wearing this pretty much the same jersey every week. You've got the painted gold helmet. Like there's traditions there that just don't change. And there's a lot of things that are a hundred plus years old that are traditions at Notre Dame that it's like, why do they still do this? Like as far as just being on campus and um, like, why are we still doing this a hundred years later? Uh, It doesn't really make sense anymore, but those traditions don't change. And maybe this is one of those things in NASCAR, but um, you know, I think you've got to be willing to accept change, especially if it's going to help your sport grow. And I think this, if you can add one more sponsor to a car um, and get more sponsors into the sport, ultimately that helps the sport grow. It gets more money into the sport. It gets more interest into the sport. Um, And NASCAR is a sport that kind of needs that in my opinion. Yeah. It's so, so the purest in me and the, I guess the longtime fan says nope don't like that um don't like the idea keep it the way it is um and and if you know me i'm someone that's a little resistant to change too but at the same time this number one this is a business um like you mentioned and and also these these sponsors pay a ton of money for this for the space on these cars and, and what are you getting you're getting the hood you're getting the quarter panels or the rear quarter panels uh the rear bumper um maybe the deck lid um but that's just if you're fully sponsoring a car now if if you have multiple sponsors on that car then your, your space is even more limited um so so in terms of the sponsors um and that's the way i'm going to look at this <clears throat> the the lifeblood of how this sport operates, um, I, I have to say in the groove. Um, I, I kind of feel like I have to remove my feelings of it um, from, from the equation just to say 
this is how the sport survives. And the, these are the ways that we have to keep moving forward and keep showing value to the sponsors that have invested in the sport and invested in, in these teams and drivers. Um, now there, there have been some concepts out there of, uh, you know, the number behind the sponsor, which that was used at Bristol in the all-star race last year. There's also been one on the rear quarter panels. Um, the one on the rear quarter panels, I think really upset some people. And I don't think that's going to happen because the, the number is way too small in terms of the, the, the new next gen car, uh, the quarter panels are a lot smaller. So that, that obviously takes away the number, um, number size to it. Um, so I, I doubt we would see it on, on the quarter panels. Um, and it also looks a little funny too. I mean, they all look funny because they're not how we've been used to it. Um, and, and, and as much as people do identify with a sponsor or, or that, a sp um, that we care that a sponsor is successful in sport, you do identify a driver and a team by their number. So I think it's important to keep that in mind too, um, that, that that's also a very important part of the sport um, when you are relating to a driver. Um, I did see a concept that just uh, uh, an artist um, had drawn up yesterday um, and, and it's uh, like a supercars theme, um, which is uh, like an Australian racing series, if I'm not mistaken. But the number was on the rear window and it's super small, but the sponsor is huge on it. And um, one of the, the mock-ups was Castrol, um, Castrol Engine Oil. And, you know, I actually did like how that looked. Um, I would not be opposed to that. Uh, I, I think, I don't know, I guess we'll let, we'll let our listeners decide on their own what they think of the, the number moved back um, or, or maybe the number um, to the quarter panel or maybe the number on the window. Maybe I'll, I'll post them all to Instagram um, since Instagram allows us to have 10 pictures. But um, when it comes down to it, I'm in the groove. Let's keep our sponsors happy. Let's make sure this is a profitable sport for them and, and keep it moving forward. Yeah, and keep the owners happy too. I mean, at the end of the day, if the owners can get more sponsorship, it's more money. And, uh, you know, I know NASCAR is making a kind of a move to help it, the sport be more profitable for owners, which is drawing in the likes of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, possibly um, some other big names, um, you know, in the music industry and things like that. So it's just, yeah. it's I, one of those things that, um, you know, I think if you can make it profitable for people, the people will come and with other big celebrities from other sports comes more fan attention and from more fan attention comes more money for the sponsors and for the drivers. And ultimately everybody wins. If you build it, they will come. Right. Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of big names coming into the sport, um, we, we've seen a lot of big names come in this year. Um, and, and you, you had just mentioned that. So I wanted to bring this up, but uh, Jade Buford um, in the number 48 car for the Xfinity series was having a great run last week at Phoenix um, in the top 10. And, and unfortunately uh, just ran into some trouble late in the race. Um, I, I personally didn't even know who Jade Buford was. I'm guessing you don't either. I still don't really know who he is, um, but the big machine it's from big machine racing and that's big machine records, uh, the record label. Uh, they've, they've dabbled in NASCAR over the years, but, um, they, they've, um, went all in here and, and got behind a new model and, and they actually own a race team now. So, 
Um, now it does look like that they're fully uh, fronting this effort themselves with, with the sponsor being big machine spiked coolers um, and alcoholic drink. But um, I just want to mention that, uh, you know, it seems we have a, another new team and new owner in the series here. Um, and, and unfortunately had a great run going, but couldn't finish it off last week. Uh, Clark, I think this is going to be a, a, an interesting topic to debate here. Uh, the final in the Groover in the marbles um, in-person sporting event attendance after the pan pandemic in the groove or in the marbles. Can you clarify on that? No. Yes. Um, my, my question is what will, what, what is the direction that in-person attendance is, is headed for not only NASCAR, but uh, other sports as we come out of the pandemic? Obviously, we're not there yet, but we're starting to see more and more fans uh, back in the stands in, in not only NASCAR, but uh, NBA and um, NCAA and, and other sports. Uh, my, my question is, we've all gotten accustomed to sitting at home um, and, and watching these events on TV, um, but there's nothing like attending a live sporting event. So that's where the question comes from, in the groove or in the marbles for in-person attendance as we move forward. I think uh, in the groove is uh, is the way that I'm going to go on this. And I think it's going to be pretty crazy when it opens back up. Like, I think people have just been, like, sitting at home just, like, itching, like, like a drug addict, like, to get sports and get, like, live entertainment again. Um, I think when, like, concerts open back up, uh, they're going to sell out in, like, a second and a half after tickets open, pretty much no matter who the artist is. You, I think you know something about a second and a half, right? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and uh, the like sporting events in general, I think are just going to sell out um, so quick um, as tickets become available um, for full sporting events. I think, you know, a lot of you're going to see it. I hope in NASCAR uh, you'll see it. I think you will uh, just because so many people have been wanting to get to races and you can't. Um, and I think it's going to be the same way in other sports, if not more so in other sports, um, you know, football games and basketball games and hockey games and things like that are just going to, I feel like it's going to explode with in-person attendance. I could see it potentially being the other way where people are just like, eh, you know, I've been watching these things on TV without going to them in person um, for the last year and a half or two years by the time we end up <laughs> being able to get back into these events. But okay. really, don't I, say that. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be the opposite of that. I think people and I know that I am. And I know you are for sure. Um, and I know a lot of people that 
I'm friends with and that you're friends with are like itching to get back to sports um, in person. And so, yeah, I think I'm in the groove on that. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be very good for a lot of these um, teams that may be suffering or these owners that may be, and I shouldn't say suffering because a lot of them probably aren't actually suffering compared to some of the people that in our country that are actually suffering, but like in comparison to what they would normally see for revenue and income and things like that, they are um, really taking a hit. And I think when this thing does open back up, they're going to, it's going to kind of pay dividends that they had to wait so long um, that fans had to wait so long to get back in the stands. Um, so I think I'm in the, I think that would be technically in the groove uh, or on the side of in the groove. I have kind of debated this um, and that's actually where this topic came from. You and I are obviously going to Talladega here in in about a month and a half. And um, I am looking so forward to it (laughs) um, that uh, I can't help but get a little bit of emotional when I'm when I'm looking forward to to making that trip. Um, but there's also other times where I'm trying to look at maybe events later in the year, whether it's this summer or this fall, and I'm just like, God, this is this is such an inconvenience to have to book these tickets. I mean, and I just keep putting it off and putting it off, and then. Um, and then at that point, do I, do I miss my opportunity? And, and I'm like, okay, I'll just watch it at home. That's fine. I'll watch it at home. It's, I can, I can see everything there. Um, and, and, and I'm looking at probably like road courses because um, it depends where we're at with the pandemic. It sounds like we're going to have some, some major vaccine rollouts here in the next few weeks or a month. Um, but I don't think we're going to be anywhere close to having full grandstands um, this summer or this fall. And quite honestly, um, until we're told that we should be doing that, I, I really have no interest in being in a, in a big grandstand. Um, I would prefer in a big grandstand full of people. I mean, when we go to Talladega, it's going to be limited capacity and there's still going to be quite a few people there. Um, but obviously we're going to be social distanced. Um, we're gonna you know i'm looking at probably road courses uh being the i don't know the the prime way that that i'm looking to go but uh as far as i guess the in-person attendance i'm going to say in the groove on it um i I just don't think you can beat a live sporting event right you can't you can't. There's no. I don't think there's really a debate. Yeah. There's. Uh, uh, I, you know, and and so I've had that conversation with myself of like, well, why why don't I feel like, or why is this such an inconvenience to to have to book tickets? But then uh, on the other hand, I'm like, I literally can't wait to go to a baseball game this year, <laughs> and 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 I'm not like a huge baseball fan, and. I, I just, I can't wait. I mean, I want to go sit in the, in the stands in the middle of summer and watch some baseball. <laughs> like I just want the simplicity of watching baseball <laughs> and it, it sounds ridiculous yeah. probably, but that's what I want to do. 
And I think the, I think where the inconvenience of booking tickets comes in is right now is just not knowing. Right. You know, it's, it's the work of booking something and then having to cancel everything. Right. And so I think, I guess where I'm in the groove on it is I'm looking at it as the question, or I guess I was looking at the question as like, COVID is a non-issue at this point. Like if you have the vaccine, you can attend this and not have to worry about it. Like if that were the situation, like I'm not saying that's how it is, but I'm just saying like, I was looking at the question as like, you have no worry of spreading COVID or, you know, killing anybody with COVID or you getting COVID yourself and getting sick. Like I'm just COVID is no longer existent in our minds as far as sporting events opening back up. That's how I was looking at it. I think it's going to like when that becomes a thing, obviously COVID is going to be around for probably the rest of our life. But uh, as far as just getting back to the stadium and I assume at some point down the road, we're not really going to have to worry about COVID nearly as much as we do now. And I guess that's where I was looking at it is you don't have to worry about it. Uh, You don't have to worry about potentially wanting to cancel this thing because you might be spreading COVID. And if that's the case, I am 100% in the groove. Let's freaking get back to sporting events. Let's get there. Let's get to the race. Let's, see all the things that we talked about in like episode zero and point five about the Daytona in the Daytona 500 episode and just see all of the things that make the environment at NASCAR races, what it is, as well as the baseball games. Let's get back to, you know, I'm not a baseball fan at all, but I'm with you, man. I want to go to a Tigers game. I want to go, to a Mud Hens game here in Toledo, and uh, the Toledo Walleye hockey team just announced that, you know, they're starting back up, I think, with limited capacity this winter, and I'm like, let's get there, too, you know? Like, there's there's so much joy that comes around going to sports, and, like, in my business, a lot of times you can go with business partners or referral partners to sporting events and just build a relationship with these people. And it's, it was such a big part of my life that just got like completely shut down basically overnight that man, I'm freaking chomping at the bit. Like, (laughs) let's get this COVID thing over. Give me the dang backs. There's my cat food. Oh my God. What are they doing right in the middle of this excitement? Give me the damn vaccine. Give me give, it now. Give me the damn vaccine so, so I can get out of my house with my cats. <laughs> so we can get back to some freaking normalcy and, like, see exciting, cool things happen. Jets flying over our heads, going breaking the sound barrier. Uh, the national anthem sung by some freaking, you know, rock star. Rock star. Uh, engines just roaring and... Uh, you know, people just freaking having having a uh, good time, right? Yeah, exactly. Just tailgating like we haven't had that in it's really sad to say a year right now. As of recording, I saw yesterday that we were breaking I was like breaking mortgage news on my Facebook feed. Like 
we haven't had because the mortgage industry went wild with COVID. We haven't had normalcy for one year. And it is, which is really sad to say is like one seventieth of our life. And it's just, that's depressing. (laughs) I know. And it's just like more than 1% of our life. We haven't had normalcy and I'm just ready to get back to it. That's like, that's deep. That's deep too. It is. (laughs) It is man. Because if you think about it, like 12% of your life, you were pooping in diapers. And uh, <laughs> another 1%, you're sitting at home like uh, there's a freaking virus out there killing everybody. Yeah. Like, can't do anything. We're, so it's like we're up to 13% now. Holy cow. Yeah. And then the, add on at the end of your life, another 12% of it, you pooping in diapers again. It's like, man, <laughs> we've only got a little bit of time left. Can we get back to sporting events? Yeah. And, and, and just, that is deep. And just to be clear, that, that, that second phase of, of crapping in your diaper, that does limit our friendship. If you think I'm going to help with, with any of that, you're, well, you're sadly here's, mistaken. Here's the thing. Can, I know you, you can sit in it, buddy. You're, you're still pooping in your diapers as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I can't wait to to be to be back in in the grandstands of, of multiple sporting events. I think it's something that we've taken for granted for too many years, um, I, and I I do hope that that a lot of people feel the same way we do. And and when this opens back up, I hope when you go to get a ticket somewhere, it's hard to get, and and it's and you get there and it's a sellout crowd. I I may be a little bit crazy, but. When I'm going into an event, I like sitting in traffic. <laughs> I I like to be there and being like, okay, I'm part of something big. I, I I'm Dude, part it of makes an exclusive you... group that's here. I, I want to sit in traffic. As long as I get into the event on time, hey, count me in. I'll sit here and listen to music. I'll sit here with the rest of the race fans or the concert fans. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just gives you the, the, the feeling that, you're at a can't miss event and I I'm, I'm there for it. Dude. All those times that we have spent together going to sporting events, just, and I'm sitting over there in the passenger seat, just bitching up a storm and you can bleep that or not bleep that if you want to. <laughs> uh, but like, Hey man, like, can we just get to a parking lot so we can get into the race? I will never take that for granted ever again for the rest of my life. And the last thing that I remember is going to Garth Brooks concert in Detroit. I, I was waiting to bring that up. And we're trying to find a place to park and we're like a mile and a half from Ford Field. Mm-hmm. And I'm just over here like, are we ever gonna get into the concert? Blah blah blah. And now I'm just like, man, and I would die. And and now too. and now you would almost pay <laughs> you would almost pay the price of parking just to go sit in that line again. Just to just to get into that concert. Yeah, just to be there outside the stadium, like, hey man, can we uh, can we find a parking spot, Derek? <laughs> like, I know you, get, I know you got your nice little car here, but like, I don't care if that guy's gonna door ding you. Can we get in the dang stadium? <laughs> like, Najinia, and I, you know, I would pay good money to to be able to do that again right now. And I know that there are some opportunities that you can do it, but you know, in all seriousness, it's not worth it right now. Yeah. Um, well. I, I, wait till yeah. back to it. I, I know you've never been to the Indy 500, but 
to be in a place where there's 350,000 fans and you're waiting in line to get into a stadium like that, it's pretty impressive. And, and uh, it's not going to happen this year. There's no way in hell we're packing 350,000 people into a, into a racetrack, but man, I hope next year, maybe, maybe you can come, come with me and, and experience that because just to, to fathom 350,000 people in one place, it's, pretty incredible and and that's that's a race that you actually have to leave early in the morning like you have to be waiting in traffic at like 8 a.m to get into the race at at noon or or one o'clock whatever it is but um you you just have the feeling of you're at the greatest racing event in the world i mean the indy 500 is known worldwide and i mean i'm just getting goosebumps talking about it i mean put put me (laughs) i sound crazy but put me in a line of traffic and count me in yeah, and speaking of the Indy 500, I think we need to uh, kind of prod at one of our not, uh, I don't know how regular of a listener he is, uh, but you know who you are. Uh, Mr. Logan Waddle out there. Yeah, I think it's about time that uh, you join the show for an episode or two and uh, give your give your opinion on In the Groover and the Marvels. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that. I think we need, I, I definitely think we need to get Logan on here and uh, I think he'd have fun. Tag, so. tag him in this episode when we post it. Tag him. Okay. I got it. I got it. So <laughs> with that being said in the groove, uh, I, anyone that's listening, get out there, get to a sporting event. If there's any new fans um, out there that uh, new NASCAR fans that maybe are, are just kind of getting interested in the sport and are listening to us, uh, Hey, count us in, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to help with maybe some experiences you can see at the track, um, and, and things you can do, but there's nothing like seeing it in person. And, uh, I I think Clark, you and I are are planning to, to do a little behind the scenes deal when we go to Talladega next month. So, um, that'll be uh, part of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And the final in the groove or in the marbles that Derek, didn't know was coming i've got we've got march madness uh we had selection sunday uh just this past weekend here and there's i don't think it's really controversial in my opinion but there is a little bit of controversy michigan state is a play-in game into the final or into the uh into the field of 64, meaning there's 68 teams that make the tournament each year. And they are one of the play-in games with UCLA, who's actually usually a pretty big basketball program as well. So they're facing off against UCLA to play into the field of 64 in the Groover in the Marbles. So they they weren't good enough to make the the sixty eight. Is that right, or, or or is that not how I'm understanding this? Yeah. So they didn't they didn't make the sixty four. Uh, usually, like the play in games, you'll see like some no name teams playing against each other, um, and then they'll get into the tournament. Uh, whatever whoever wins gets into the field of sixty four, and then you usually see them lose. But this year. Uh, we've got Michigan State versus UCLA 
the winner gets into the tournament or the, I guess technically they're in the tournament if they're in the field of 68, but they get into the field of 64. So they're basically into the big bracket if they win. So it's Michigan state versus UCLA to get into the dance. Okay. Uh, is that in the groove or in the marbles? That, that kind of sounds like you're, you're definitely reaching for that uh, to, to get, to get into the dance. And I'm sure that's something you can relate to um, with, with really trying to reach out there and, and get anything you can get to, uh, to get into to, to prom or, uh, or the high school spring dance. So uh, I'm sure you probably know more on this topic than I do, but uh, so the way I understand it, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, in the marbles for Michigan, Michigan state, right? Not U of M. Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. say in the marbles for uh, for Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State has such an iconic uh, basketball program. Even even me, as someone that doesn't really follow basketball that closely, uh, knows that that Michigan State is um, just an iconic program. And for them to be kind of in in the last the last chance qualifier event for it, um, disappointing. Disappointing as as someone that lives in Michigan and. And disappointing for um, for college basketball fans. Uh, it's someone you expect to be uh, contending for um, for the national championship. Yeah, and I think it's a uh, you know it's a really interesting year for college basketball. And I don't know if COVID has anything to do with it or what, but uh, Kentucky and Duke are not in the tournament this year. Uh, in Usually Kentucky has about five kids that they're sending to the NBA every year and, and Duke. And why, why, about, aren't, why aren't they in the tournament? Uh, they've just had a bad year. They haven't won, you know, they haven't won enough games or enough big games for the committee to put them in the tournament. And so, okay. you know, that's huge for college basketball to not see Kentucky or Duke make the tournament. Um, so as far as Michigan State versus UCLA to get in the tournament, I'm actually uh, in the marbles on this, or I'm sorry, in the groove on this, uh, because I'm actually torn between this. I'm actually going to say I'm in the groove and in the marbles on this for two separate reasons. I'm in the groove because Michigan State made the field of 68 and continued their tournament streak. Uh, I don't know exactly what their tournament streak is, but they've made the tournament for a long time. Uh, you know, they haven't missed making the tournament here for a long time. And so that's that's just good for Michigan State. Uh, it just speaks of Tom Izzo's legacy. Uh, as much as I'm a Michigan fan and dislike Michigan State, uh, they truly have been just a great basketball program. Uh, I'm in the marbles on this, though, for the committee – putting them in a play-in game. So I think this is the first time we've ever had a split answer in the groove in the marbles. Um, they put them in a play-in game, and Michigan State, I believe, has beaten three of the four number one seeds in the tournament this year. Uh, and they've beaten at least one number two seed that I know of in Ohio State. So they've beaten – a a handful, at least four of the top eight teams, according to the committee, uh, in the entire tournament this year already. 
they've their record doesn't. I mean, they've lost to a lot of bad teams as well. So is but it's like is, is that how they end up in there then? If they if they lost to a lot of bad teams. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, I think that's part of the committee's reasoning is, you know, if you lose the bad teams, how are we going to put you in? But also, if we're going to consider, you know, these these number one seeds, if we're going to consider the four number one seeds, the top four teams in the entire tournament, right? Uh, if they've beat three of the four of them, and then the number two are, uh, the number two seeds are five through eight, and they've beat at least one of them in Ohio State. Like, how are they not a team that you put in the tournament, like, without having to play in? Um, I know they've lost to some bad teams, but when they play good, they've beat four of the top eight teams in the entire country, as far as the committee's concerned, already. So that means, in my opinion, they could, if they hit a hot streak here going into March, uh, they could compete for a national championship and like, you're basically almost leaving them out. Um, and maybe they earned themselves into a playoff game, but I just think, you know, when you look at it, you got the name Tom Izzo, you got Michigan state who is a tournament team. You have a team who is beat. And again, I'm a Michigan fan myself. I'm actually wearing a Michigan football shirt right now. Uh, you've got a team who's beat four of the top eight teams in the country as far as the committee's concerned and they are playing into the tournament in the field of 68 now this could all you know by the time this gets published they might michigan state might have actually lost to ucla (laughs) and if that's the case i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) well that's something we already knew and that that doesn't depend on michigan state or you or ucla (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's something that was already well known but uh isn't isn't ucla one of the big players too and and they're they they've also fallen into that group yeah they they usually are a very big player i don't know what their season looks like this year and of course you know being from the midwest and being from michigan i obviously followed michigan state a lot closer this year than i did ucla and so I could probably have a rant for UCLA getting into the tournament that I just don't really know about. Um, and so, you know, I don't know when, when you, when it, when you boil it down, I just feel like Michigan state's better than a play in team this year. Um, and especially a lot of these big wins for Michigan state came here towards the end of the year. Um, they found a way to, to mix in some bad losses in between them, but you know, down the stretch, I think it was the last regular season game, they beat Michigan, who was, I think, at the time, ranked the number two or number three team in the nation. They beat Ohio State, who was, at the time, ranked the number five team in the nation or something like that, or number four, maybe. Um, and then they sprinkled in a bad loss here, here and there, I think one to Maryland or something like that. So, um, But well, it, it just, before you go any further, you know what my answer is to that? If if they've been on a hot streak hot streak here to uh, to make it a successful end of the season, then game on, right? That makes for good television. That makes for for good games. Uh, if they're if they're just barely skating by on getting in, and then they're on a hot streak, hell yeah, start them at the back and let's see how far they go, right? I mean, I, I think it's yeah. gonna be fun. And I and I think that's kind of what the committee was thinking. Like if they're getting if they're heating up as we're coming into March, we can't leave them out. 
but we also they're thinking we also can't give them you know like a a 12 or an 11 seed or something like that um and just put them in the tournament they're saying you know you guys have you guys have been hit or miss here but you've beat a lot of really good teams prove prove what you can do in march and it could lead to something really exciting as we get into uh, March Madness here. Um, you know, I don't know how often a play-in team goes and wins three or four games in March Madness. Um, so that'll be that'll be really interesting to see um, how it all plays out. And uh, you know, it's the first time that on this segment we've ever had a split uh answer to that so yeah uh with with that answer there uh i i might want to check out um when michigan state's playing next sounds kind of interesting um i don't know much about march madness never filled out any brackets or anything like that uh but hey might have to uh might have to tune in so thanks for the insight yeah all right well that ends our segment in the groove or in the marbles now clark it's time for our question segment first question is i was watching the race on sunday and the announcers were talking about brad keselowski going really low uh on lap one of the nascar cup series race is there no out of bounds in nascar uh yeah, so there is no out-of-bounds in NASCAR. Um, and, and if you tuned in for Daytona, uh, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, I didn't think they could go below the, below the, the line, the yellow line. Um, and, that, and that's true. Uh, so Daytona and Talladega are unique um, in that they're super speedway uh, racetracks, and, and cars are not allowed to pass below the yellow, uh, yellow line or force a car below the yellow line um, uh, in, in those races. But any other racetrack, those cars can go below the yellow line and they can make a pass below the yellow line or they can protect their position below the line. Um, so, so that kind of answers the question of, uh, of out of bounds. And, uh, and Clark, do you know what the penalty is for, for going below the yellow line uh, at, at the super speedway races? Just curious. I believe it's a black flag pass through penalty. Yes, sir. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, you are correct, and uh, and unfortunately, that will cost you uh, at uh, at any racetrack. Uh, but at Daytona and Talladega, um, it, they may be big and they may be uh, spread out for uh, in terms of length. But when you lose the draft with all the other race cars that you're around, uh, you're going to get passed. You're you're, you're going to get passed pretty quick once they catch you. I mean, there, there's like a 10, 15, 20 mile an hour difference between being in the draft and running by yourself. Um, and, and, uh, Clark, I don't know if you had any, anything else to say on that, but, uh, the next question actually leads right into that topic. So do you have anything else on that one? I didn't. Okay. So if, if you're out there riding around and, and you end up passing below the line or maybe forcing someone down there, uh, the second question is, and of course you lost your lap, which I know you're accustomed to, uh, how do cars get their lap back? Are they just done for the rest of the race? Or, or can they get, get back in the game? So may, maybe you can answer that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, the most unlikely one is that they go and pass 
the leader um, who had already passed them once and put them a lap down. Uh, the more likely one is for them to uh, to get the lucky dog. Which... Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Only because I think that's a very unique point that you just brought up lucky dog. Did you know that's not actually the name of the real rule? No, I didn't. Okay. So a little backstory on this, and it's pretty interesting. So I didn't want to interrupt you, but you said lucky dog, and I, I think it's a, kind of a cool story. Um, so NASCAR, when they designed this rule, uh, they had a, a rule in place uh, to to give the, the first car, and I, I'm sorry, I'm probably stealing your thunder a little bit here. I probably should have let you finish, but um, so – they would take the first. No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. You just go ahead, bud. <laughs> no, 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 no. You told me to answer the question, but then you're going to butt right in here. Thanks, Pat. Just ask Thanks. me the question and then answer it yourself. <laughs> go, go grab another drink. All right, buddy. That's what I'm planning on doing. I'm actually, it's funny you say that. I literally just picked my microphone up with my phone and I'm walking outside while you answer it to grab another. Oh, beer. good. Your, your, your porch porch fridge or whatever the hell you called it yeah my uh my outdoor my outdoor fridge yeah, right uh so you know why, why don't you finish up what what we were saying on that so so what happens when when uh you can't race race the leader back and, and get your lap back that way yeah Which so uh i'm sorry to the listeners if you just heard my door shut that's that i was just going into my outdoor freezer here my outdoor fridge keeping my uh nice lemon beers nice and cold Just the fridge door that's all that was yep just the fridge door and then you'll hear the beer open here in just a second that's it that's, um, might... that's a great luke combs song by the way refrigerator door oh yeah and you might hear you might have heard the squeaky floorboards too um as I was walking back, I've got some floors that squeak a little bit. Uh, but yeah, as far as the lucky dog uh, goes, it is basically if you are the first car a lap down, meaning you are in first place of all of the losers who are one lap down, when a caution comes out, they put that car back on the lead lap. Uh, at the tail end of the field. So if you're in 26th place, one lap down, they give you your lap back and you end up 26th place, zero laps down, if I'm not mistaken. You, you are not mistaken. And that and that can obviously uh, increase the amount of cars on the, on the lead lap, right? Yeah, which is, I think, a smart rule on NASCAR's part. Uh, you know, nobody ever wants to see 10 cars on the lead lap. So anytime there's a caution, let's put someone back on the lead lap so that it kind of spreads the or gives us more of a field to, to work yeah. with. Now, you're coming at that from a competition standpoint. But uh, what I was leading into, uh, do you know why that rule changed? I don't. Yeah, it was it was way before your time, and it was shortly after I started watching the sport. But uh, way back in 2004, um, all the way up until 2004, if you were just behind the leader as the caution came out, uh, say you're a second back from that guy. Caution comes out, 
and the leader slows down because it's a caution or the leader can can choose to stay going full speed. But it was kind of a gentleman's agreement of, okay, caution comes out. I'm going to slow down, let cars get their lead back or let get their uh, lap back. So caution would come out, leader might slow down. And then any car that was a lap down and was within reach of that leader was like full throttle, hundred percent racing still trying to get past the leader to get their lap back. So it's essentially what you had said was you can pass the leader, um, but it was happening under caution. And, and, and why is there a caution, right? Why is there a caution? To slow everybody down so nobody gets hurt. Correct, because there's usually a wreck, right? Yes. Right. So this happened at New Hampshire in 2004, and, and Dale Jarrett had spun off a of turn four, uh, hit the wall, and had come to rest on the front stretch. Now they're racing back to the, the start finish line to get their lap back. And as they're doing that, you know, this car has crashed, there's oil on the track, there's water, um, debris, and these there's five or six cars racing back to the caution. And meanwhile, Dale Jarrett's sitting in the middle of the track. And he's been sitting there for probably 30 seconds. He probably has the seatbelts off. And and he almost got hit. There was cars that were sideways. There was cars that barely missed him. And, and that is, that's the decision that NASCAR made to say, we can't have this anymore. We have cars racing back to the start finish line. It, we, we got lucky that Dale Jarrett didn't get hit there. And, uh, and that's ultimately what came of the lucky dog rule. Now notice how you, how I said the lucky dog rule that, that term came to be from, uh, from Aaron's, uh, sale and lease. Are you familiar with Aaron's? I'm sure you guys probably have them down in Toledo, right? Yeah, like like, like your furniture store, right? Yeah, yep. yep, yep. So Aaron's was a, a pretty big sponsor in the sport at the time, and Aaron's jumped on board and and uh, sponsored the Lucky Dog Award. Uh, their mascot is a dog, and so it, it was really a, a a match made in heaven. And okay, so you get your luck, uh, get your lap back. <laughs> You're a lucky dog. You get your lap back, right? That's where that came from, and. Aaron's hasn't sponsored that particular award since, I don't know, probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. But from the time that that rule was implemented, or uh, from, from the time that that was implemented to the time that Aaron's left the sport, and, and even now, people still call it the lucky dog. I mean, you just called it the lucky dog, right? Because it, it's actually the, um, the wave around rule. I think is what the correct terminology is. Uh, but the lucky dog comes from Aaron's and Aaron's, I mean, how about that? That has to be the best sponsorship deal of all time, right? You, you paid for it. And then 10 years later, people are still calling it the lucky dog. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, one of the only reasons I call it the lucky dog is because the broadcasters right. call it the lucky dog. They don't call it the wave mm -hmm. around anymore or they don't, yeah. I guess they, they might on occasion, but right. But um, it's, it's just ingrained in people's head that it's the lucky dog. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they got the better end of that sponsorship deal for yeah. sure. But I know that it was Aaron. So maybe they didn't. You know, maybe <laughs> right. I, that, it, that is uh that is the sponsorship deal that keeps on giving back right there. But now that you have mentioned that I will probably never forget that. And so maybe they did get the, maybe they did get the better end of the stick there. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
for sure. So uh, absolutely a good call that we, uh, we implemented the, uh, the wave around um, the wave around rule um, or, or just even getting your lap back. Uh, Cause I, I guess there is a difference between the right wave around and, and uh, just getting your lap back, but we can, we can dive into that uh, in the future. But um, bottom line is there's either, you can either pass the leader to get your lap back or you can be the first car one lap down and get your lap back that way. The final question we have is, uh, I was watching the Phoenix NASCAR race this weekend and I heard the terminology PJ one or traction, uh, traction, uh, traction solution. Uh, what is that? I haven't heard it before. Uh, what that is, um, it is a, uh, a, a liquid product that they spray on the track to enhance the traction that a, another groove outside of the preferred groove may have um, to enhance the racing. Um, this is a, a material that started, coming in, that started coming about probably three or four years ago. And it's, it's a, a product that they've always used in drag racing because these cars go 300 miles an hour, right? So they want to have something super sticky to launch off of the drag strip. And, and so they, that's where they got that um, product from. And, and they brought it over to NASCAR to enhance, um, enhance passing and enhance grip levels outside of the typical groove. So uh, that's why you heard it's, it's typically called PJ1. I'm, I'm a, um, I'm guessing that's probably, uh, an abbreviation for something. Uh, we'd have to look that up, but, um, essentially it's sticky solution that, that helps, it helps the groove. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, all, all I know is that PJs are usually something that I wear to bed. Uh, full, full body, right? Yeah. Onesie. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Flannel PJ. One, <laughs> you know, PJ one is what I usually wear to bed on Monday, and then uh, Tuesday is PJ two, <laughs> and Wednesday is PJ three, <laughs> and then as we get to Sunday, uh, <laughs> I do laundry and get back to PJ one. We're, uh, I, I think we're even on the dad jokes now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think mine's better though. <laughs> All right, so with that, that ends our question segment. Uh, let's go into our race preview for the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend. Well, Clark, we head to the Atlanta Motor Speedway out there in Hampton, Georgia this weekend. And I, I guess before we jump into this, uh, I, I can't help but reminisce about our, our last-minute trip when we uh, went to Atlanta a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a that was a fun time, man. Uh, you know, one of the things I remember most is when we were leaving the place after they had the fireworks. The fireworks had must have had some sort of spark land in some <laughs> dry grass, yep. and there was like a fire outside the track. That <laughs> we were just, I just felt like we were like in that SpongeBob scene where you know the GIF of SpongeBob where there's just fire everywhere. And, uh, you know, it just looks like a, like a ghost town that's lit on fire. That's what I felt like when we were leaving Atlanta Motor Speedway. And it was, no, but it, it was, it was definitely a fun trip. Spontaneous as heck. Uh, literally, I think like the day before 
let's get in the car. Let's order tickets. Let's get in the car. And actually, the whole reason that we even thought to do it was because of our good friend, Matt Tift, who is not really a good friend of ours, <laughs> uh, posted, I believe, on Instagram that he was giving away tickets or he had some tickets to the race that, you know, if you did something on his Instagram, he would give away some tickets. And, 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 and just to be clear, Matt Tift is now the owner of the 78 car in the NASCAR Cup Series. Yes. And we happened to know one of Matt Tiff's relatives. And so we had texted her to just say, uh, is there any way that Matt Tiff can just give us some tickets instead of us winning them? And then she was like, let me check. And then she's like, you just used me for free tickets. And then I'm like, no, that's not the case. And it's pretty clearly that that was like me just trying to get tickets from her because, and we don't get me wrong. We were good friends. We have, I, I would say we still have a pretty decent friendship. We just don't talk very often. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I would, so I wouldn't talk day, to you either if it wasn't for this. Yeah, I know. And at the end of the day, she was just like, I texted him, but he's, he's busy. Basically and, and he was, he was driving at that point. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, he's busy basically. And so then you and I were just like, well, you don't want to just buy tickets. They're pretty cheap and drive. And then seemed, seemed like a good idea on the way down. Not so good of an idea on the way back. Did we take your car or my car? Uh, we, we took mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we just hopped near him. What was it? Impala at the time? Uh, I think I had my Malibu then. So yeah. Hopped yep. near Malibu. And just freaking rolled down to Atlanta. Yep. What what uh, stayed in an Airbnb? Yeah. We yeah we got an Airbnb last minute and we I think we left what did we leave Friday or Saturday? I think I think we left. Friday, I think it was right? Saturday. Or, no, no, I think we, we did Saturday. leave Saturday, didn't we? We left like really early in the morning, like four a.m. Yeah, I think uh, you met. I think you left at four a.m. Mm-hmm. Met me in Toledo at like seven a.m. and then we just booked ass to Atlanta and got there. Uh, in time for the race. And then we just stayed at, I believe we just stayed at the Airbnb to sleep that night and then came back. Am I wrong? Uh, I think we we stayed stayed there Saturday night and then went to the race Sunday and then came back Sunday night. And we, we drove straight through the night on Sunday. And I remember how brutal of a drive that was because you and I were taking turns driving and sleeping for about every hour. (laughs) Yeah. And then we got, we got back to Toledo and I was like, sorry, buddy, I'm just, I'm going to cash out and you still have three and a half more right. hours. To you, drive. You can, and then I think you, you were going to work and, and hopefully not fall asleep at the wheel going to Michigan. Yeah. And I think you were going back to work was the, I think like for like a half day or something like that. I'm like, I'm just sleeping, man. Yeah. I, I was people, I, I was, uh, I was selling beer at the time. People, people got to have their beer. You should know that better than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what I'd do without my summer shandy. <laughs> which you weren't selling so (laughs) right for sure no it was it was a wild trip but man that was so much fun i'm so glad we did it so yeah and it just so happened that we weren't the only ones we met up with some other high school buddies of ours that uh that ended up there uh kind of had a similar idea i think i think they were pretty spontaneous and let's just go to atlanta i think one of them lived in atlanta or something at the time and 
or was down there visiting their grandma and then everybody else just showed up and we hung out with them. And so there was five or six of us from Claire high school, just hanging out at the race in Atlanta, Georgia on a whim without any of us really planning it. And it was a good time. Yeah, for sure. Well, this week at Atlanta motor speedway, uh, another, uh, full weekend of NASCAR racing. We have the, uh, the NASCAR truck series, uh, starting off the weekend, uh, looks like another 40 truck field this weekend. Uh, another solid lineup this, uh, this week. And then, uh, the NASCAR Xfinity series again, 43, uh, 43 cars looking to make the field this weekend and they only take 40. So three of them are going home. And finally the NASCAR cup series, uh, 39, uh, going to be on the list this weekend. Um, unfortunately the cup series, again, the smallest field, but, um, Hey, obviously owners, owners and, uh, and drivers see some sort of benefit, uh, for the Xfinity series and truck series right now, um, which we can dive into that on another day, but, um, there's some, some cost and some parts that go into that, uh, as to why we're seeing that, but, uh, that should all change next year. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, another solid weekend of racing at the, uh, worn and weathered Atlanta motor speedway. Uh, this place is old and, and ready for, uh, for a repay, but sounds like we might have, uh, possibly a reconfiguration coming, um, of Atlanta motor speedway. So, uh, with that being said, what do you, uh, what do you say we jump into fantasy this week? I, I think you go first. Is that right? I do go first and I've got the winning pick here. Um, the crew chiefless Brad Kozlowski is okay. going to be my pick. Uh, really kind of wanted to go Kevin Harvick here, but we've both picked Kevin Harvick already. Kevin Harvick's won two of the last three races in the race that we were at. He actually dominated most of that. Um, but I think Brad Keselowski was right up there in the top five with him during the race that we were at. I think he finished second or third. Uh, Kyle Larson was up there, had a good run. Uh, but main reason I'm going Keselowski is uh, Penske had showed some dominance last week. Penske has, uh, or at least Keselowski has showed some dominance at this track over the last couple of years. Um, two top fives, one win, uh, three top tens, 76 laps led, and uh, no polls for Brad, but, uh, you know, I think it's about time for him to win one this year. And uh, so I think he's a good pick here. Yeah. uh, I I like to kind of go into this with not so many stats and I will keep my method to my madness uh, secret from you because I seem to be on a pretty good roll right now. Uh, I'm actually going to go with another team Penske driver, uh, but with Ryan Blaney this weekend, Uh, Blaney's got a gun and he's looking to use it over there in Atlanta this weekend. And uh, he, he finished top five there last year and uh, repping the body armor paint scheme this weekend. So uh, Blaney, I, th- I think he breaks out and, and we again have another new winner uh, this, uh, this weekend. So I uh, haven't had any repeat winners yet this year. And uh, I do think that continues. I mean, that could be the same case with Brad Kozlowski. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I feel like Blaney's going to get it done for me this weekend. 
Yeah, and what I'll what I will say is you've just got the luck of the Irish this year or this uh the last few weeks here and that's gonna come to an end here. Uh this race will be after St. Patty's Day. Your luck has run out and Brad Keselowski's gonna go win this thing. All right. Well, we'll see if you can find that uh that lucky horseshoe or that four leaf clover as we head into next weekend. But uh I feel pretty solid about my picks, uh picks this week. So with that, Clark, uh, any uh, closing thoughts here on this uh, on this episode? Yeah, I mean, it was a fun one. Yeah, you know, discussed a lot of different topics uh, kind of outside the norm this, uh, this weekend or this week. Yeah, I mean, that's about all I've got to say about it. I mean, I got pretty fired up when we uh, started talking about uh getting back to sports and then got fired up again when we were talking about uh our spontaneous trip to atlanta and (laughs) just hopping in the car and having a good time man um i'm ready for that stuff to be back we got can't wait to do that here in about a month and i i try not to get like and i don't i don't know how political of a topic this is but i try not to get political let's just get vaccinated (laughs) like (laughs) oh boy like, let's just, let's do it. Let's get over this shit. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's get back to some normalcy in life. Some normalcy and some, some and some fun. Uh, speaking of fun, I just, some closing thoughts I have is, uh, man, you and I hit the slopes this weekend and, uh, it's going to be 50 to 55 degrees, uh, probably the final weekend of, of, uh, getting out there on the board and, uh, we may have a little surprise in store for some St. Patrick's Day fun, but, uh, man, it's been a good season, uh, getting, uh, getting you out there on the, on the slopes and Hey, we'll, we'll close her down probably for one more shot here, um, for 2021. So yeah, getting back out on the slopes. I'm excited for that. Uh, coming up, I should mention this by the time this is published, my good friend and nephew, Mr. Carter, will be here. Wow. Uh, a, a two-time uncle, huh? <laughs> that is... Depending on what time of day, two-time funkle, two-time drunkle. And what I will say is, hey, Mr. Carter, tell me where you've been. All right. I think we need to cut this episode off, and I think you need to leave the singing to me. So... <laughs> with that everybody uh my name is derek he's clark this has been another episode of life in the fans lane podcast be sure to follow us on instagram at life in the fans lane and twitter in the fans lane thank you everybody we'll talk to you next week